Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Live in Conversation. Today, we're going to be talking about a bunch of different things. You know the you know the drill at this point if you've been tuned in for a little while. Um, we just go over random topics, things that are happening. Um, and yes, I am fine. I know her, uh, Hurricane Hillary, Tropical Storm Hillary, whatever I believe. I think it was Tropical Storm by the time it hit uh, California, but you know. Tropical Storm Hillary, um, and the earthquake, um, that no one could have ever possibly expected. Go figure. Our luck, we get a, her, a, a tropical storm, hurricane, whatever you want to call it, and an earthquake at the same time. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> I really chose a lucky point in time to not be in California, um, because actually I was meant to come back. <laughs> I was meant to go on back to California, right for a week stretch um and then i i believe i had to go somewhere else i can't really remember where now because i had canceled those plans a couple weeks prior um to right now so a few weeks prior actually i didn't, I didn't even really know about the hurricane just yet um when i had canceled the plans um and obviously i couldn't have predicted the earthquake so um you know, um, I don't know how pure luck has just managed to play in my favor for once, um, you know, but you know what, we're here for it, we're, we're safe, we're fine, I hope everyone in California is safe, um, and okay after the, um, hurricane, as it said on Twitter when I, when I saw the trending tab, I was like, hurricane. I looked at the trending tab because I, I once a day, you know, I go on the trending tab and it just so happened to be like right after the earthquake. <laughs> um, and obviously I didn't get the warning because I'm like halfway across the country right now. So it's like, you know, but then I, I looked at her quick when I, when I clicked on it, I was like, the hell are they talking about? I'm like, oh, oh, um, okay. All right. Um, so, Southern California really was not having a good day yesterday, um, haven't checked the weather yet, um, but we'll, I'll check that weather after I'm done recording this episode, just to see, um, where the hurricane is now, and if it's heading further up the coast, um, it probably is at this point, it probably hit quite further, um, I stopped tracking it after it, um, kind of made landfall, I tracked it for a little bit after that, but it kept going really slow, um, because probably everybody was checking, the uh, hurricane map, um, it just was not loading at all, so, uh, yeah, but anyways, um, the first thing I did want to talk about, though, aside from the hurricane, um, of course, I pray that everyone is safe and well, and their families are as well, um, but the first thing I did want to talk about non-weather related, um, is the California GOP, um, the California GOP is now considering stripping their quote-unquote values, that oppose the LGBTQ, or well, not specifically transgender, I don't believe, they're, okay, all right, here we go, report from, I forget where it was, but I took a screenshot of it, um, there's a report that the California GOP may strip opposition to abortion and same-sex marriage from the party platform, um, now, you know, Normally, I would be like, oh, yeah, you know, they're making progress, whatever. But I've lost all hope in them. Um, They're a lost cause at this point. This is just another ploy. Um, I hope everyone's well, well well aware of this. Um, I hope people in the LGBTQ community don't just turn their vote over, and especially the youth vote, they don't turn their their votes over to the Republican side. Um, 
I would m- much rather you just take your vote and and just throw it away, honestly, than, you know, give it to a Republican. Um, here's the thing, and I'm almost certain this has happened at some point somewhere before, because it's, it's destined to have happened at some time, some point before. Um, Republicans will say something, or this goes for any party, honestly, you know, we can compare it to Biden's um, campaign. He said he'd do all this great stuff. And then none of it happened. <laughs> like, nothing happened. He was like, oh yeah, we're going to lower the healthcare costs. We're going to lower all this. We're going to end the student debt. We're going to, you know, do all this stuff. And barely any of that ever happened. And the little bit that did happen really didn't do much. <laughs> so, um, you know, no good. But um, if you look at what they're now saying, they're now saying that they're going to support or at least have a neutral stance um, when it comes to, you know, same-sex marriage and abortion. Um, and I'm calling bullshit on it. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I don't believe that it'll ever happen. Um, it's the Republican Party for a reason. All across the globe, they oppose abortion. They oppose same-sex marriage. Well, I mean, now that, now that, you know, it's, it's legal to be married to your, you know, whoever you really want to be married to, it's, it's, you know, I don't think they can really change that unless they try to make it illegal, in which I don't think many people would be happy. Um, but, you know, abortion is obviously a very, very big topic now um, since, you know, the whole Roe v. Wade overturning whatever the hell, you know, I, I think the whole Supreme Court should just be dismantled at this, at this point, <laughs> disbar everybody on that on that court um, that voted to get rid of that because that was ridiculous. And I don't know what is happening right now, but it sounds like somebody is doing road work. Really great time, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm just not buying it. You know, we've seen constantly politicians in general promise things for the most part, and then they just don't deliver on them, or they're just straight up lying to capture votes that they know they weren't going to get to begin with. I mean, Biden, he said he'd cancel all the student loan debt. If he never said anything about student loan debt and he per- he, he was just going to keep things exactly as is, do you think the youth vote would have gone for him? <laughs> no. Hell no. Do you think a lot of the vote would have gone to him? No. Bernie Sanders probably would have won that primary if he hadn't said a thing about student debt or whatever, or even healthcare. If he said nothing about either of those two topics, I guarantee you half the, half the supporter base just would not have been there anymore. Um, you know... Honestly, I stopped supporting him right when he said that thing about, you know, if you don't vote, if you vote for, if you don't, if you vote for Trump, you're not black. He said something like that. And I was just like, what? Like, I'm not, I'm not black. I'm not African-American. I'm not any of that, obviously. So it's like, but still, that's like just such a messed up comment to say. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, no, I'm not supporting some fucking annoying piece of shit that just said that. I'm sorry. I can't can't say I can't do it. So I ended up actually supporting, um, Howie Hawkins, um, until, you know, the day of the, you know, election day. I didn't switch up on election day. I just, I just supported him for the remainder of, you know, the election cycle. But, um, you know, I just, I just could not support that. (laughs) I'm sorry. But, you know, now I, I refuse to support him at all during this election term. So, um, yeah, but, you know, it's a prime example, you know, they're just trying to capture more LGBTQ voters, they're trying to capture more youth vote, um, they're trying to capture more women's vote, 
because they know all those votes have a strong grasp with the Democratic Party or even a third party's possibly, you know, green, libertarian, you know, they realize that they really don't have a good a good hold on those those demographics in the polls whatsoever. They have no good chance. And here's the thing. There's a lot of people in the Republican Party pushing for voting age uh, raise from 18 to 21 or 18 to 25. I've even seen Vivek Ramaswamy said 25. I've heard a lot more people saying 21, though. So it's more likely that one gets passed at 21 because 25 is just some stray off number. I think that he, he figured, you know, it's fine. You know, I feel like 21, it makes more sense for that to eventually at some point pass if there was ever like a grand grand majority of republicans which i don't see happening personally um so you know but um you know i i just i can't support that it it's it's a constitutional right for everybody over the age of 18 to be voting um and i personally think we should be expanding voting access rather than gerrymandering it um you know, I, I personally think if you pay taxes in this country, you should vote. You should be allowed to vote for the country that you pay taxes for. You know, you have you have children 16, 17, 18, or well, 18, you're an adult, but 16, 17, whatever it might be, that are paying taxes on their paychecks. They're paying Social Security. They're paying tax. Why are they not allowed to vote? And a lot of people are going to be like, they're children. I'm talking 16, 17. They're, they're one, two years away from becoming an adult. So realistically speaking, and by that point, you've most likely had civics classes. And I'll make sure that's a mandate through the state of California as well in my education reform plan. That, you know, civics is a required course in eighth grade. Um, and, you know, maybe even freshman year possibly. Um, so, yeah. But of course, I would mandate, you know, a civics class to make sure people are, are well aware of what this party stands for, that party stands for, you know, what media is biased, what media isn't. Um, and, you know, none of that curriculum is being written by a biased source. That curriculum is going to be written by a third party, you know, non-biased source. But it's also going to be factual, you know, um, and, you know, we're going to speak the facts on the on the matters. You know, we're going to speak like, oh, yeah, this is what the Democratic Party stands for. This is what the Republican Party stands for. This is what the Libertarians, you know, the Greens, all that. You know, we're going to we're going to point out everything that is, you know, factual and we're going to inform children. We're going to inform at eighth grade level. We're going to inform, you know, children, because then when they begin to pay taxes, they are allowed to vote. If that ever were to pass federally, I would also like to see, along with that, a protection amendment that ensures that children are not used or abused for their vote. For instance, you know, their parents might persuade them or maybe even force them or coerce them into voting for somebody that the parent supports. When in reality, that child either has no clue, doesn't want to vote. Or wants to vote for someone completely different. Um, that child should have their freedoms. You know, a lot of people are always talking about how, you know, children don't have the freedoms of the amendment. They're an American citizen, are they not? So they have their freedoms. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say, specifically in wording, 
that people under the age of 18 do not have rights. No, nowhere in there. And it also does not say that people under the age of 18 are property. So, you know, nowhere in those, in the constitution does it say that. Um, so, you know, and nowhere in the constitution does it mandate that either. So, you know, I would, I would personally love to see a change of the, uh, constitution where it, you know, specifically allows citizens who pay taxes to be able to, you know, vote. I, I believe citizens paying taxes is, is enough. You know, there shouldn't be a set age limit. If you're paying taxes at 16 or even 17, you should be allowed to vote. That's my personal belief, because if you think about it, why not? <laughs> what's what's, what's going to happen? What, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think the 16-year-olds are going to, like, drool all over the voting machine? Like, what the hell... Well, I'm, I'm just confused. What do you think is going to happen? Because these people are so scared that they're trying to actually raise the voting age from 18 to 21 or 18 to 25 like Vivek wants. And I'm like, you're, in- you're intentionally trying to, to silence an entire generation of voters because you don't agree with the grand majority of, of the people that support them. But they don't seem to realize the way the polls are currently going, a lot of people are starting to lean either independent from parties or even for, or even to Democrat from Republican mainly. There's not many Democrats going to Republican. There's a lot of Republicans going to Democrat, and, and people are shifting further left. Um, and it's like, <laughs> you guys don't realize that if you keep trying to gerrymander the vote, you're just gonna lose voters. You're you're all going to lose voters. Everything is gonna turn out like like complete crap, and, and nothing's gonna work out for anyone. If you really do the math, it's not beneficial to the party, so I don't understand why they're doing it. The only thing that it's possibly beneficial for them is that they could silence Gen Z, they can silence the youth vote completely, um, which I personally think is unconstitutional. I think it's completely unconstitutional, and I believe that, you know, any attempt of that needs to be either stricken down by the Supreme Court, or, you know, they need to be arrested for, you know, trying to actually literally break um, constitutional rights. Um, that's the one thing in the constitution that you definitely, definitely, definitely cannot break even in the lawmaking process. And that is taking people's right to their democracy away. You cannot take people's right to their democracy away. A matter of fact, we need to expand our democracy. We need to make sure our democracy is actually a democracy. We need to abolish the electoral college. We need to, you know, do all this hard work to actually make sure our 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 democracy is a democracy because the electoral college is basically just crap. It's useless in my opinion. We could literally just be doing ranked ranked voting right now, popular voting. We already do popular votes. Why do we need popular votes and electoral votes? Why can't we just do popular votes? If we had popular votes, Trump would not be in office. And that's a fact. If you go to look right now, a lot of people are confused by this. And a lot of people, surprisingly, are. If you go to the page right now for the 2016 election result, Hillary Clinton, while I don't like Hillary Clinton... Um, you know, she was the really, you know, only person in the mainstream that was going to ever possibly have a chance of defeating Trump. Um, you know, I feel like Bernie Sanders would have been better, but you know, she got shoehorned in. So whatever, right? Hillary Clinton had 3 million more popular vote than Donald Trump did. Donald Trump lost the popular vote by 3 million. Around 3 million people more voted for Hillary than Trump. 
but the Electoral College voted more in favor of Trump than Hillary, which I still think there's some sorcery going on. I think there's some some weird coercion, bribery, whatever the hell it might be. I don't know. There was something fishy about that election because you don't lose by three million in the ele- in the popular vote and still win the Electoral College. I think that's complete bogus. That's why we need to abolish the Electoral College because what what's the point of it? We let an absolute idiot take office. <laughs> we let an absolute idiot who's been accused of several crimes and has now committed treason. He is now indicted on 90-some-odd crimes. Um, and it's like, the Electoral College let this happen. If you really, really go back into it, the Electoral College allowed this to happen. Its existence and its constant operation allowed this to happen. It allowed January 6th to occur because realistically speaking, without the Electoral College in place back in 2016, Hillary would have won. MAGA would have never exploded. Or if it did explode, possibly it wouldn't have exploded as violently or as largely as it ended up becoming. There would be no insane conspiracy theorists. Then none of this would have happened. January 6th would not have happened. You know, they might have, you know, tried to protest, but they wouldn't have tried to storm the U.S. Capitol. Okay. Now, think about that. The existence of the Electoral College indirectly ended up causing January 6th. It ended up causing, you know, extreme racism from our government toward Mexicans um, by the building of the wall, which I think was in extremely and incredibly racist, in my opinion, because you didn't see him building one on the Canadian border. People don't realize that there's also things that happen at the Canadian border. <laughs> like, it's not just Mexico. I mean, a lot of stuff does come from Mexico, because if you think about it, it's tying to an entire other continent. It's the only land tied to another continent. So obviously, a lot more stuff is going to happen there, whereas, you know, Canada, it's, you know, the ice, maybe Greenland, if you tried to like traverse via, you know, iceberg. And then you have Alaska and maybe perhaps possibly by some miracle, you can manage to traverse to Russia. But you know, that's, that's really rare by land. Um, so it's like, granted, there's not that much, you know, craziness happening there because it's not tying to a whole other continent, but the opportunity is still there. Like That was incredibly racist, in my opinion, because it's like you're intentionally targeting a specific border. Meanwhile, you have another border, UFC imports, where the same stuff is happening. Drug trafficking is happening. It's coming in from North Korea. It's coming in from China. It's coming in from wherever the hell by some illegal organization. It's not just the Mexican cartels. It's not just the Mexican drug lords, whatever you want to call them. It's not just them. A lot of it is them, yes. And we need to put an end to it, yes. But there's other sources, and it's like, you don't realize this, and it's like, how the hell did we let this dude get into office for four years? Like, damn, man. Like, jeez, I can't believe it. How the hell did we let this absolute clown get into office for four years? God. Like, that's the genuine reaction of the people in the Electoral College who are like, ah, yeah, he's the good choice. Yep, definitely. So, in all, in all conclusion, I think we need to abolish the Electoral College because what's the point? What, what, what the hell's the point? There's no reason 
for the Electoral College. If we claim to be a real democracy, there's no reason for, a, for like, a limitation to, to, to democracy. All the Electoral College is is a limitation to the people's democracy, to a true democracy. I think we need to transition to a true democracy. And a first and biggest step toward that is abolishing the Electoral College because there's no reason for it to exist to begin with. There's no reason to exist at all. Just zero reason for that to have existed. I think, I think it's, it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous that it even existed to begin with, but you know, I, I just, I just don't like the idea of it. I mean, look, look where it got us. (laughs) Look where it has gotten us. I mean, I'm not saying Hillary Clinton would have been amazing president, you know, but at least she would have, you know, she would have been better than Trump. I mean, <laughs> if we're being honest, she would have been better than Trump. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> so by a milestone, and that says something because I really don't like Hillary um, that much. But, uh, you know, it's <laughs> saying that she'd be a milestone better than Trump, you know. It really goes to show something, doesn't it? Um, you know, obviously I was a very big supporter of Bernie Sanders, and I'm pretty sure Bernie Sanders actually ended up working on the Hillary um, campaign, you know, specifically trying to pick out more progressive values in her campaign, which, you know, was kind of moderate, yet it was actually kind of progressive, Um you know, it, it was a progressive yet moderate mainstream campaign. And, you know, a lot of people did overlook that. And, you know, obviously I was too young to really <laughs> be fully invested into politics. I wasn't really invested into politics until like 2020, 2021, maybe. Um, well, yeah, 2020, because at that point in time, I was um, I was supporting Howie Hawkins. So, yeah, around like 2020, 2019, maybe, um, because I had also supported AOC. So, yeah, I think it was around 2019, 2020. Um, but uh, anyways, so, you know, that was like when I first ever got involved into politics. But whatever. Um, you know, back in 2016, you know, I, uh, you know, and, and I looked back and I did my research on all the campaigns from 2016, 2012, 2008, you know, because it's relevant to re- recent history and modern history and the decisions that were made that now impact today. Um, And I look back on these campaigns and these decisions, and more specifically, we're talking about the campaigns right now. And it's like, you know, Hillary Clinton's campaign wasn't the worst mainstream shoehorned in campaign because she actually let Bernie, you know, do whatever, I'm pretty certain. Um, I remember seeing that Bernie had done work on the Hillary campaign. I'm not going to verify that right now. Let's see. Hold on. Let's see. Hold on. Well, because I want to verify that this is true. Yeah, so he had campaigned for Hillary um, following the following the primaries um, when he had lost the twenty sixteen primaries, and I love Bernie Sanders. I love Bernie Sanders. He's he's great. He's wonderful. Um, now, did I agree with his number one choice? Not really. 
but I can understand why he did it. And I'm now understanding how that is similar to the situation now where he is, you know, endorsing Biden. Um, I just don't understand why he hasn't tried to run. Um, you know, maybe because it's not a main, main year and he is getting older in age, which is unfortunate, but you know, so it's like, you know, Bernie, I could kind of understand why, you know, maybe he's deciding not to run, but I I still think it would have been a good choice, you know, to at least have an option because I feel like now of all years, people would have realized, ah, shit, I mean, Biden isn't doing it, man. (laughs) And the second place candidate that's been in it for now three elections, eh, he's looking pretty all right. (laughs) He's looking pretty good. I'm not going to lie. You know, so it's like, I don't know. (laughs) And it's like, how old is Bernie Sanders? Let's see how old he is. Bernie Sanders age. Let's see how old Bernie is. Bernie is 81 years old. Um, and I'm pretty sure Biden is 80. Biden age. Yeah. Bernie is one year older than Biden. And Bernie has about 1,000 times a better brain than Biden does. And of course, the garbage truck decides to come right now, guys. Sorry about that. But, um... Yeah, so basically, they had, um, the hell? But anyways, so basically, um, Biden's like a year young, a year older, my bad, a year older. Biden is 81, Bernie is 80. Um, and yet, meanwhile, Bernie has way better of a brain. He has way more competency, Honestly, the old age question wouldn't even be relevant um, with with Bernie because Bernie actually has a brain to use. Biden doesn't. I just don't understand why he chose to endorse Biden. I would much rather have seen him endorse Marianne or even just go to the Green Party and endorse um, Cornell because, you know, he's 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 pretty cool with Cornell, honestly, from what I've seen. Cornell has spoken at Bernie events, I believe, on multiple occasions so it's like, I don't understand why he didn't endorse him. I mean, here's the thing. I feel like, honestly, a lot of people are going to go for, um, I feel like a lot of people are going to go for, um, Cornell. Uh, a lot of people are going to switch over to the Green Party, I feel like, that are, you know, seeing that the Democratic Party is starting to really not pick up the pace as they had expected. I mean, and I'm still clinging on to the Democratic Party in this, uh, campaign, because I want to see it happen. At the end of the day, I want to see the main party progress. I want to see it actually make progress and actually get there, you know? And and a lot of people are like, oh, it's going way too slow, you know? It's like, you have a fair point. It's going extremely slow. It's taking forever. I'm seriously looking at my watch right now. I'm like, come on, (laughs) like, do something, (laughs) like, poke it with a stick. But like, you got to do the work to actually make the change at the end of the day. And it's like, I'm going to do the work to make the change, not just for the working class, but to make sure that the party is correct. Because you want to make sure that people have an option when they vote. Because eventually, I mean, I can't serve a million terms in office, you know, as governor. I mean, if I won, I could probably, I think it's like two terms consecutive. And then I can't rerun, obviously. So it's like, you know, I, I want to make sure that the candidate that gets nominated actually stands for continuing the creation that uh the, the stuff that i've created and the stuff that i fixed and i hope that the person that secedes me you know 
actually does work to keep upkeep that and to you know even do better things and greater things um, that are now that would now be achievable. Um, you know, I just hope that you know if I if I get elected and I actually make these changes, I do hope that eventually you know four four to eight years, depending on when I get ousted, if you will. I mean, eight years. You know, obviously, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm not gonna be allowed to rerun. Um, but four years in, you know, there's always the possibility that you get taken out. But I mean, honestly, I feel like if I win this election, I'll be in it to win it. Um, I'm definitely, here's the thing. I'm not going to ditch after one term. If I'm given the opportunity to run for a second term, I'll run for a second term in a goddamn heartbeat. I will be the first person that declares my candidacy. <laughs> I do not care. But yeah, so it's like, you know, I'm not somebody that's just going to leave four year, four terms in or four years in to run for Congress, like, I'm not going to do that, or to run for state assembly, or whatever, I'm not going to run for Congress after four years of being governor, I mean, I might eventually part, like, partake in a, in running for Congress after both terms are served, after I run for two terms, maybe I would consider it after both terms, but I'm not just going to ditch the state, you know, so, you know, I mean, that that's where a lot of people um, realize that my campaign's different. Um, it's not just a campaign at the end of the day. This is more of a movement, but it's also a campaign, obviously. But it's a movement. It's a movement for Californians to tell the Democratic Party that we're tired of the status quo. We're tired of paying these goddamn tax rates. We're tired of it. We don't think this is fun. This is not fun for us. This is actually drowning us in debt. This is allowing us to get further into debt. This is making people default on their mortgages. This is allowing people to be evicted from their houses for not being able to pay rent because they can't afford it. This is having your uh, power and, uh, and water shut off because you cannot afford to pay the bill for four months straight. This is insanity is what it is, and it needs to be put to an end. There needs to be someone who gets into office that stands for the morals, but also realizes that enough is enough. There's no reason for us to be getting taxed through the roof. There is no reason for it, and it needs to end. And there's also somebody who needs to get into office and realize, hey, maybe we shouldn't defund the police on that option, because if you think, I'm not, I'm not going to defund them. I'm going to make sure that they are adequately funded and that they are adequately trained. I'm not just going to give them an empty paycheck and go, bye. I'm not giving them the empty checkbook. Go write whatever you want. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not doing that. What I'm doing is I'm giving them adequate and proper amounts of funding to ensure that they are properly funded. But I'm also making sure that they are properly educated and trained to make sure that they are trained for very specific situations. I also want to make it my goal that w- within the first four, first two, maybe four years, probably four years, within the first four years, I want to make sure that every single de- police department in the city has a division dedicated to unarmed, po- uh, unarmed police officers for, you know, nonviolent situations, you know, because if you think about it, the armed officers that we have could be being directed to way more important and serious calls but we also can't leave these, you know, lesser, quote unquote, lesser important calls 
you know, just high and dry. We can't just leave them there. You know, we need people to also take care of that. So, you know, what I would propose is keeping the current police force, keeping, you know, even the, even the SWAT team in very serious situations to deploy them. But what I'm also trying to get done is to also, you know, introduce a peacekeeping department that, you know, doesn't, doesn't really have weapons. The most that they have is like a pepper spray and a taser and a taser might be even a stretch, you know? Um, so, you know, it's like, you know, it, worst case scenario, I mean, they got handcuffs, they got, <laughs> they got pepper spray, you know, as long as the other person doesn't have a gun, we could send those people out, you know what I mean? Or if the other person doesn't have a knife, you know, we could send them out, <laughs> you know, if the, if it's an unarmed situation, maybe some, some person, you know, trying to throw things at people on the street, that's clearly not too, too well, you know, for instance, we don't need to send somebody out with an AK-47 on their back or a pistol in their, in their holster. We don't need somebody out with that. Just send somebody there to talk to them. And that's it. Maybe if they did something bad enough, you know, put them in cuffs and take them into a holding cell, you know? I don't think it's that difficult of an ask. Um, especially if we raise funding and we give them adequate amounts of funding, I feel like we can make this happen. Um... And that that's a big thing with a lot of this stuff, you know, raising the budget. People are scared that it's going to cost more money. But also, here's the thing. Well, there's certain things that might get lowered or even axed completely that, you know, are just unnecessary. Um, you know, we're going to further, further the efficiency of the budget for the state to make sure that a dollar doesn't go to waste. Because dollars shouldn't be going to waste, especially when the taxpayers have to pay it. So, yeah, but um, that's pretty much all I actually want to talk about today. Um, you know, um, later today, actually, I'm going to be unveiling two new plans. Um, one um, basically protects the rights of minorities, prevents discrimination um, within school districts. It also prevents discrimination... Well, it prevents discrimination and outing within um, school districts, and it also prevents discriminatory acts in the workplace, discriminatory acts in public in general um, that, you know, could be deemed harassment or whatever. So, um, yeah. And then the other one also would prevent, and it's California, and, you know, you got Hollywood and whatever. So it's like, you know, the land of influencers, as a lot of people say. So it's like we're passing a law to make sure that children are not exploited or abused for social media content, online content, um, you know, for profit or for any circumstance, even if it's not for profit, you know, even if it's just for views or exposure um, or making sure that, you know, that child is not abused or coerced or forced into doing that um, social media content. Um, So, yeah. But um, anyways, thank you all for listening in. Um, Thank you all as well for the support. But yeah, Um, so yeah, thank you for your support. Thank you for listening in. um, And I'll see you guys next time.